this portion of Mac and Judd brought to you by It's Just Lunch. All right. Thank you, Jonathan, back in the studio, holding things down. I don't think we mentioned this in the chaos of the day. Dave Harrigan is, uh, he woke up sick this morning. We didn't kick him off the show. He just, he woke up sick and we don't want him throwing up all over our broadcast equipment. So we got Jonathan back in the studio. Derek Wetmore has been helping out on location. We got Manny Hill uh, in the in the cockpit here for the last hour. Doogie's hanging out. You know, the problem is, Doogie, you take a bathroom break here and it's a five minute round trip minimum if there's no line. So we just have to, you know, Judd, Judd's off in line right now. Let's start with some scoops and uh, we'll get to top handicapper Brandon Lang in about 10 or 15 minutes. Go for basketball. They need some wins to salvage any postseason hope, and that includes NIT for anyone who even cares about that. Amir Coffey came back from injury. What's his status right now going forward? I would be shocked if he plays tonight against Iowa. Okay. In fact, if you're a Gopher fan, if you're planning on tuning in tonight, there's a lot going on tonight. So you might be watching the Wild. You might be watching the Wolves. You yeah. might be coming here to the Mall of America to, to take in this spectacle. But if you're interested in the Gophers, and I get it, interest is is dwindling. I get that, the way they are playing. Off but if you're interested in tonight's game, I would be shocked if Amir Coffey plays tonight. He did re-aggravate mm. the right shoulder injury against Northwestern. He hasn't been practicing. Remember last week when I was on with you guys, I made the point, it was my opinion, that if he can't practice, why is he playing 32 minutes a game? And I get it. Richard Pitino is all about saving his butt, needs to win games. Not that he's on the cusp of being fired. He's not. Trust me. Richard Pitino is the coach next year if he wants to be, all right, unless he wants to go somewhere else. He's not getting fired, okay? Not to mention that the buyout is still millions of dollars. But he's not in trouble, and he shouldn't be with all the injuries. But he's still looking to cover his own butt. So that's why you're playing Amir Coffey. But Amir Coffey is not healthy enough to play. And I'm just telling you, don't expect him to play tonight. Uh, I spoke with a high-ranking Twins official yesterday. Mm. Randomly bumped into a Twins official yesterday. That's the best. And, and I said, listen, I'm going with Judd's theory. If you guys want to make a splash and undercut some of the Super Bowl hype, you pull the trigger on you, Darvish, and two days of, of media will go to you. Instead you of do the Super you, Bowl, right? You, you, yes. you do you yes. right now. So no, you know what? I wait so until next gonna, week. When's it going to happen? And this I person wait. smiled and said, "We'll see." That's all I got for you. Well, they're still in. No, we'll see. It's not even a scoop. It's a we'll see. Well, I'll tell you this much. I mean, this goes back to late Sunday night, but I checked both sides. All right, the Twins are absolutely still in on Darvish. Now, John Morrissey reported this morning on MLB.com. Now, granted, this is the same individual, and John's a great reporter, but he said last that week. Darvish was signing last week. Yeah. That was incorrect, okay? So we'll start there, but Morrissey is suggesting today that the Twins are willing to go to five years, that the Cubs won't go to five. Oh. The Cubs are offering a four-year deal. Oh. Now, I still don't have confirmation that the Twins have definitively made a five-year offer. Again, are we debating semantics, parameters? I mean, undoubtedly, the sides have talked parameters. You know, I remember having Thad Levine on the Scoop podcast a couple months ago, and we talked in general terms about giving any pitcher a six-year deal. He didn't dismiss that. Now, they are not giving you Darvish a six-year deal. But to get you Darvish, because all things equal, he's going to Chicago. If you're offering four years, the Cubs are offering four years, I'm sorry. He's not choosing Minnesota. He will choose the Cubs. So the way to get Darvish would be you have to offer that extra year. So they have a chance. They're still in it. Put it that way. The Twins are still in on you, Darvish. Well, if I connect the dots from that report and what Phil was told last night, 
sort of makes sense that the Twins might know that, that they've got the upper hand, at least for now, in the way that if they're going to come in with five years and the Cubs with four. So makes some sense. I'm just saying this sports town right now needs a shot of something. It needs a steroid shot. You Darvish would create excitement. You Darvish, you'd start spring training, and and the notion that the Twins are always cheap would be blown up quite a bit. The the feeling that they didn't go do something would be gone. After what the Vikings endured in Philadelphia, this town needs a shot of something, and I think a Darvish signing would go a long way towards generating enthusiasm towards the Twins that probably has not been felt here consistently for a long, long time. I mean, I think a Jake Arrieta signing would do almost the same thing, even though you Darvish what? is the one that we've been talking about the most, you know, certainly more than Cobb or Lynn. I even think, you know, signing one of those guys for four years, $65 million, would be that sort of jolt. I don't know if this town as a whole needs that jolt right now. There's enough going on with the Super Bowl. I mean, to oh, me, no, we, we wait, need it. if I'm the Twins, I want the full spotlight. If you're signing you Darvish, like if you're doing man, a big U Darvish, I'm just saying, if you're doing a big U Darvish news conference, I wait until next week. I do not do it Friday or Saturday. Uh, Vikings offensive court, Doogie's hanging out with us from the Scoop podcast. You can find his podcast anywhere you would download iTunes, uh, you name it, KSTP.com. Vikings offensive coordinators, what's the latest? Whether it's your reporting or have you have you been able to pin down who they're interviewing, who they like, other than uh, Kevin Stefanski? I mean, today is the Dan Campbell interview. Yesterday was Sean Ryan. Okay. Late last week was Kevin Stefanski plus Daryl Bevel. I'll continue to say that if you don't elevate Stefanski, there's a good chance you're losing him. You may go to New York to be the offensive coordinator under Shermer, even though Shermer will call the plays with the Giants. Mm-hmm. You still get the fancy title of offensive coordinator. Or he'll go take a position coach job somewhere else. Now, 100% because Stefanski, his family, like it here. They've been here since 2006. They've established roots here in town. I'm just saying, he's with a power broker of an agent, Jimmy right. Sexton, Sexton will have some influence there. He'll say to Kevin, come on, Kevin. They just hired Sean Ryan or Daryl Bevel. They don't want you. It's time to get out of there. So I'm just saying, if you want Kevin Stefanski here, you give him the promotion. Is his dad still a GM of the Sixers? No, Ed is with the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, so he's with Memphis. He, he, he was great with the, the Nets and Sixers. He was. For quite some time. Yes, but okay. now Ed is in the front office of the Memphis Grizzlies. J.B. Bickerstaff, the former Gopher, is the interim gotcha. head coach of the Grizzlies. Unfortunately for J.B., second time being an interim coach, at some point he needs to just be a head coach. Right. I'm biased because he's a friend, you know. but they're rock bottom. I mean, Mike Conley Jr. is out for the year. Memphis wants the highest draft pick possible. So J.B.'s in a no-win situation. Here's the thing. To Judd's point earlier, you can't – if you like Kevin Stefanski as a quarterback's coach – but you're not in love with him as a coordinator, and there's other guys that you think would be better, whether it's a Daryl Bevel or somebody else. You can't, but he's going to leave if he's not promoted, right? Like, that shouldn't factor into your decision right. at all. I mean, you, but the problem is, if you hire somebody else, now you're looking for a quarterback's coach, too, and you gotta, you got to do more hiring. So I get it, but you can't factor that into your decision-making if you're the Vikings. I'll tell you this much, though. The offensive coach meeting room with Stefanski, with Tony Sperano, who's got head coach experience, play calling experience. Then if you bring in a guy like Todd Downing, who has all sorts of interest, Eden Prairie native, yeah. in being the quarterback's coach, that's not a bad offensive coach meeting room. Downing, Stefanski, Sperano. I don't – it makes me concerned that you would, at that point in time, uh, Stefanski would call plays. Because the thing with him going to the Giants is, as you said yourself, he wouldn't call plays there. 
if you're going to put him, Shermer did such a good job of calling plays. I'm just leery of turning it over to a guy who hasn't done that before. That's a lot to ask. And Downing, I think, struggled in Oakland this year with the same thing. He did because so, of the Mike Tyson. Folks. Well, sure, but I'm just but I'm just saying all all of these things are why I might lean with, with the team that they currently have towards bringing in someone with experience. There's no there's no room to learn here right now. There's no like if you promote him and it doesn't work out well, you can't be like, oh, too bad. 2018 went by the wayside. That's a disaster. So my point being, I. I would lean towards bringing in somebody with the experience of play calling to be my OC for this team. Well, I mean, the bottom line That's opinion for me is, regardless of who they hire, you are going to miss Pat Shermer so much. Yep. There's nobody that's coming in here. Bevel, nobody that will match what Pat Shermer did. Uh, Wolves news. and Any potential that they look to make a deal now uh, as they go on the uh, up and downs of the season? Lost to Atlanta last night in a terrible game. I know, yeah. I mean, They've yeah, lost to like uh, all of the worst teams yeah. in the NBA. Well, <laughs> yeah, terrible. Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I only saw the last four or five minutes I got home from opening night. I watched the final four or five minutes. And don't get me wrong, Jeff Teague was horrible last night. Yeah. They're like, but I thought Jimmy Butler made a bunch of bad plays, too. They're like 8-12 and 12 against the Eastern Conference. And remember, for like the last five years, everybody's like, man, I wish the Wolves were in the East because the East is so much easier. Well, it is weird that you can't <laughs> lock in for the Nets. You know, they lost on the road to the Nets, the Hawks. You can't lock yeah. in. You can't dial it back. Jeff Teague and stop shooting. Well, we'll get into that later, but... Um, and I, then I'm not a big believer in, you know, schedule losses. Like, you can't just say the Wolves are not winning tonight in Toronto because Toronto right. was sitting in Toronto resting yeah. while the Wolves were playing last night and flying from Atlanta to Toronto. I mean, a lot of people just say oh, the Wolves have no chance tonight, but best of luck tonight, yeah. right? So well, now you're looking at a losing streak. The one thing that, that at this season, it's a free pass. If you get beat in the playoffs by the Rockets or the Warriors in four games, whatever, it was, it was you, you won a series. Oh, yeah, that means you won like, a series. Fine, right? Give me that. Yes. Exactly. But if your goal eventually is to get to that level, you gotta, whether it's via trade or some other means, you gotta find a way to close the three-point gap to some degree, right? I don't well, think yeah, they turn into they their style. But. Just don't have much flexibility. Yeah, I mean, the point I was gonna make is the trade deadline is a week from Thursday. Yeah, they're not real active right now in trade talks. You know, like the Knicks are looking to sell assets. I'm told the Wolves haven't had any dialogue with the Knicks. The Grizzlies, we just mentioned, JB and Stefanski. Mm-hmm. The Wolves have not had any dialogue with Memphis, who's looking to sell some assets like Tyreek Evans and others. So the Wolves are not real active right now on the trade front. Now that can change, right? I mean, heck, look at the Blake Griffin trade. I mean, that thing came together like in a 24-hour period. You know, so things can change fast. I still think the Wolves are looking closely at the buyout market. Yeah. You know, does Joe Kim Noah take less money than he's owed just to get out of New York? I certainly wouldn't, but if he does, I can promise you the Wolves will look closely at Joe Kim Noah, even though, yes, the number one need is shooting slash wing depth, but Glenn Taylor was on the podcast a couple weeks ago and saying, hey, we still need an inside presence. We still need some rebounding help, some interior defensive help. So I'm just telling you, if Joe Kim Noah hits the open market, the Wolves will have some interest. If somehow Luol Dang hits the open market, Manny, I'm telling you, the Wolves will look at one of those guys that Tibbs yeah, has a history with. Probably, and I and I know Luol Dang loves Tibbs. He does. From, you know, from playing mm-hmm. with him in, in Chicago. Heck, he how, made him a lot of money. How do they... Do they expect anything out of Justin Patton this year? Just anything where they'll, we'll, they'll see him for a few minutes a night as we get later into the season? I don't think so. I mean, just talking to Taylor about that about a week and a half ago, Glenn said, we're looking more at next year. Now, Patton is playing well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the box scores from Iowa. I don't know how much defense is being played in the G League, you know, but he's making his presence he's been productive. felt. He's spreading the floor. He can knock down the occasional three even, but he can certainly knock down the 17-foot jump shot. 
He's crashing the glass. He had a double-double the other night. You know, so I think the future is relatively bright for Patton, but I think we're looking more at next, next year, year for his impact here. He'll come up at some point to practice, get some valuable time around, you know, his future teammates with the Wolves. Not spend the entire year in Iowa. I'm sure we'll see him recalled at some point. Mm-hmm. But in terms of making an impact on the court this season, I don't think that's going to happen. That's uh, that's Doogie. You can find his Scoop podcast, 1500ESPN.com, iTunes, D. Wolfson, KSTP, and uh, get all kinds of great long-form interviews, big names. Glenn Taylor was on the podcast recently. So thank you, Doogie. you got more stuff to do around here at the Mall of America. See you, Dukes. Manny Hill's hanging out with you us. you got it, boys. Appreciate it. Let's come back and let's talk gambling, baby. Let's dive deep. Uh, one of the great handicappers in the country is Brandon Lang, and he's going to join us when we come back here shortly. But first, a word for the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis at the Minneapolis Convention Center. It's been going on all week long. It runs through Saturday. If you're thinking and you're overwhelmed, there's so many things around the Twin Cities here, Super Bowl week. Uh, Where do I start? Do Do I go downtown? Do I go to the mall? Go to the convention center because here's a list of all the things you can get involved with Visitors of all ages have the opportunity to participate in NFL-themed games, like interactive games where you can test your football skills. I saw people falling on their butts trying to kick field goals. Uh, Returning to Minneapolis for the first time since Super Bowl 26 back in 1992. Live game action, virtual reality technology for the first time. Also, merchandise from NFL Shop presented by by Visa and a range of other football-themed experiences. You can get in. For just $35 if you're an adult, $25 for the kids, Ticketmaster.com. It's the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis. Mackie and Judd back with plenty more from Radio Row at Mall of America next. Mackie and Judd back at Mall of America here. Radio Row is filling up. When we got, here, busy out we here, got here on Monday and it was like eight tables on either side of us and now uh, everything's filling up pretty good here. Uh, Dave's out sick today. Dave, we told him if it's food poisoning, you know, 24-hour rule, get back in it. If it's the flu, stay away. Stay away as long as possible. We do not want anything to do with that. Not this week. Uh, Real quick, before we get into some fun gambling and handicapping discussion with Brandon Lang, who's on his way over in just a minute, some good stuff from Doogie there. You know, the I would say on the on the um, the Vikings front, it's more important to nail the quarterback and then sort of figure out what components go with that, but I, you almost have to hire an offensive coordinator now not yeah. knowing who your quarterback is going to be. That's uh, the problem. So There was one report, at least, that they were actually going to name the coordinator early this week. So my guess is they talked to four or five guys, and yeah. they'll be done. So it, it could be in the next couple of days if that report is, at, is correct. Right. Let's welcome him in. Brandon Lang, what's going on, hey, man? Brand. Put that headset on. Judd's all good. Nice uh, to meet Judd, you. Judd, Phil, Manny Hill right here. How are you? Uh, BrandonLang.com is where we're sending people. And uh, I just want to apologize, you guys. It 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 came down to home field advantage, and I'll go to my grave. If you guys would have had home field advantage and Philly would have had to come here, you'd have been in the Super Bowl. You think so? I, I Listen, when, when Phil, I had I had Philly over the Rams. Plus, I think they're plus one and a half. Okay. And I'm watching that game, and, and Philly had a huge lead, and then Rams came back and took the lead, and then Wentz got knocked out. And I sat there and told my wife, I go, this game's critical. Not because I have Philadelphia. I said, this this is for home field advantage. I said, this is big for Minnesota. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, whoever gets home field advantage between the Vikings and the Eagles is who's winning the NFC. I go, 
people don't understand that. I said, and, she, and my wife told me, she goes, wow, you called that early. How many points, okay, so you're one of the best handicappers. The last, just to introduce Brandon Lang, um, if you're familiar with the movie Two for the Money, Matthew McConaughey from like 2005, I want to say yep. you were the inspiration yes. behind that with, uh, is this right, 24-3-2 in your Super Bowl picks? This is the one that's defined my career. Awesome. Um, and, and, and if you break down that record, I've only been on the wrong side of one game where I was just wrong where I knew it in the first six minutes, and no miracle was going to bail me out. Which game? That was Denver-Seattle. I knew from Ooh. the snap of the two-point yeah. conversion, and, the, and, yeah. and I looked at my wife, and I go, oh I was boy. with my wife and her, and her father in our home, and I got up, and I go, I'm not watching this. It's a loser, and I'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. And I went, yeah. to, I went to a movie, and I didn't even watch the 48. And I haven't, was, I haven't even watched that game to this day. That was the Peyton Manning 55-touchdown season, right, going that's, into that's, that game? That's what I, I thought that they'd be able to, to, to move the ball based on what I saw from Seattle at home and, and, and their defense. So um, the other two um, was the Saints-Colts. And if Hank Basket wasn't worried about trannies on the onside kick, because remember he was caught with two trannies in L.A. Like, like, oh yeah. Like you're, am I right or wrong? So it we're, happens we're, to all of us. So Brandon, okay. Hank Basket, she mills fumbled onside kick. If 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 they rec- if, if they get that onside oh. kick, they blow them out. So that I saw him blaming Hank Hask for that. Um, it happens to us all. And then the the Green Bay Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh plus three and a half. And if you remember that game, oh yeah. Um, Green Bay's up three. They got third and twelve from their nineteen yard line. Five minutes to go. If they pick up the first down there and they're on their own 30, they're going to run it three times, make Pittsburgh use their timeouts, maybe get one more first down, you have the two-minute warning. If you remember the play, they ran a slant to Jennings. He gets it at the 30. Ike Taylor, Palomalo hit him. He spins away, gets up to the 42. Well, now you give McCarthy field position. He runs a draw to Starks. He pops it down to the 45, and you can see it right now covering field goal with about a minute and a half to go. They got down inside the 10. They kicked it one by six, getting three and a half. Dropped it. So what are some of the things like you mentioned? The, like the, you, the, you were watching the Rams Eagles game back and forth game. It's they went over seventy combined points, and you're thinking this for home field advantage is going. What are some of the most important things that add actual points to your handicapping totals for games? Like what what are the best home field advantages in the NFL? What are some other things that really matter to you that maybe the average better or the average everyday Sunday fan doesn't put enough stock into? Well, let's start with your Vikings. Um, that defense at home is ridiculous yeah and their unders at home were always the right side but when they went on the road they struggled a little bit take away the home field advantage so i I would take that into consideration um same thing with philadelphia's defense at home and 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 as well as they played so i look how defenses play at home because it's hard to win a road game in the nfl People don't realize that. They just don't show up on the road and win in the NFL. And Viking fans, the mistake that they made was they, they thought that going on the road didn't matter. They thought Nick Foles. they thought oh, this yeah. deep they thought this defense was so good, they got haughty. They thought this yeah. defense is so good and, yeah. and it's gonna be Foles and and the assumption was with Wentz gone, it's gonna be a cakewalk. And that was the biggest mistake because we, we kept talking about that. You're going on to natural grass, which is slower. That's a bad field. It's hostile as hell, as Viking fans found out, and and all of those factors were dismissed here, and it bit them right in the butt. Well, think about this: in the history of the NFL, why home field event? Listen, the 31-24 loss at Carolina, that didn't cost you home field. 
the game that cost them home field was the 14-7 loss to Detroit. Right. Yeah. You can't lose a game like that at home. That's what costs them home field advantage. You're expected to lose a game at Carolina against Cam Newton in that situation. You can't lose at home against the Detroit Lions and score seven points against and let you can't. That's what did it. But then 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 because of that you fell right into, in the history of the NFL, a dome team going outdoors in the NFC Championship game in the history of the NFL is 0-12 and has never won a game. It's interesting, too, because last week, last Friday, we were talking with, with Star, and we looked up the splits between the Vikings' defense on, at home versus the road, and just the rushing numbers uh-huh. were drastic. Yeah. They, yep. they allowed, a two point, I think it was 2.8 yards a carry at home. 4.3 on the road. Yeah. Like, that's that's unbelievable. Yep. But yeah. totally so, believable. You know, it's, it's it's frustrating because home field, you know, the NFC is now one. Home teams in the NFC Championship game have now won nine games in a row. Yep. So you had those things going into it. Great year. Um, Zimmer's got them on the right track. The defense is still the foundation for the defense is there. They're going to be right there again. Um, tweak the offense a little bit. Got to, got to be a little more. Um, a little more potent on offense, take some pressure off the defense. That that the defense is going to be fine. The defense is going to give up between an average of 14 to 18 next year. The foundation that's there, the offense has to get better. Just speaking from a Minnesota standpoint, so, got to got to get got to help them out a little bit more. Brandon Lang, BrandonLang.com. Are you okay on time right now? We want to be respectful. You no, know, I'm fine. Like I'm five, fine. Five minutes or something. Bron ain't coming to tap me on the shoulder. You okay. guys are good. Let's Sounds just roll. Good. Sounds good. Um, so you you talk about the Vikings offense. These are all the things that we're trying to to foresee down the road. And I'd love your thoughts on two things. The Vikings quarterbacks from last year, Case Keenum, and then they have a blank canvas. All of them are free agents. You could trade for an Alex Smith. Kirk Cousins is going to sign a contract somewhere. So with that in the back of your mind, they play a tougher schedule next year because they get the first place schedule. They're at New England. They're at Philadelphia again. It's a brutal road schedule. The defense, historically, it's hard to maintain the number one points and yardage defense from year to year. Too many things ACLs blow out, right? Yeah. So you have to plan ahead, and I think we're on the. You got to upgrade your quarterback or have something that you feel comfortable in that second tier, maybe, to overcome some of these things. So how good is Case Keenum? How do you view the Vikings going into next season? If you want to get to the next level, if you want to get to the elite level, Case did a great job, but he's a career backup for a reason, and not saying that. It was his fault on the pick. It wasn't. He got hit. wasn't his fault. Um, he was put in a bad situation. They got behind. Now you got to throw. When you got a D-line that rotates eight and they're fresh, and you have to throw, and they know you have to throw, and you're on the road, no quarterback was going to flourish in that situation. So throw that game out. Case was consistent all year long. But if you want to get to the next level, you're going to have to go out and get what people deem a franchise quarterback. There's a couple out there. There's Alex Smith. And there's Kirk Cousins, who I think both fit the scheme of what Minnesota wants to do. I think Alex Smith fits it better than Kirk Cousins. Do you pay Kirk? Because Cousins is going to get a five-year monster contract probably. That's that's my concern. I'm, I'm on the Smith train right now because you can get him in a trade reasonably, I think. You've got one year left on that contract. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's fine. Um, if you go get Cousins, you're talking, what, five years? Yeah, I think Alex Smith's a better fit for Minnesota than Kirk contract, Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mobile. Uh, can scoot a little bit, a um, little taller than Kurt, um, yep. and and doesn't make the mistakes that 
Kirk makes. And I say that because Cousins has cost me some money in my life with some of his <laughs> decisions that he's made. Not so Wait, much did they Alex backdoor Smith. cover that Dallas game where he threw 446 yards a couple I, years ago? It might was, have been a backdoor cover. I think he, it did. Actually. He was good to me in that game. But there was a game on the road at Arizona where I needed him to score late. And I can't stand it when quarterbacks don't take the underneath route that's there to pick up the first down. They panic and get greedy when you get down inside the 20. Yeah. And the check down's there to get you. Like, there's 47 seconds to go, and you need a score. And it's second and four. And you drop back. And there's you know plenty of time. Dump it down. Get to the 10. Spike the ball. Now you're inside the 9. Three shots to get it. 29, 30 seconds to go. There's no reason to get greedy. He gets greedy, throws the pick in the end zone, and you're just like, greed. Gordon Gecko, greed, yes. for lack of a better word, <laughs> is good. Not in this case. It buried me and cost me some big-time oh, yeah. dollars. So I, I trust Alex a little more than, than, than Kurt. But Case had a great year. But I think, again, um, if you want to get to that next level, you got to go with somebody who's more established, who, ha who has – some film, per right. se. Uh, Brandon Lang, BrandonLang.com. He's one of the top sports handicappers in the country the last couple decades. So what are some of your favorite Super Bowl either prop bets oh, or got, different things? Give us some good stuff for this I weekend. I got right? three I love, man. I got, I got the Brandon Lang, Langer the Banger prop bet of the year. We need a sound effect. Do that will, again. Will, will Al Michaels say the name Rocky? Yes. I think you get it right off the top of the telecast. They were a dog <laughs> against Atlanta. They were a dog against Minnesota. You can win, Rock! Yes. If he does, you're plus 180. I think we get a win right out of the box. How about if Collinsworth says it? It's just an Al Michaels. It's an Al Michaels. Okay, because I could, I could see Collinsworth trying I to beat Al, Al to the punch. Al, before he turns it over to Chris. And Chris does the I can, slide I into can, the, the I, end. I can see it. The Eagles have Love been it. underdog. They were underestimated, much like Rocky Balboa. Boom, plus one. There it is, yeah. So I like that one. I'm good there. Number two. How many times will Tom Brady's age be mentioned? The over-under is five. Okay. That's way too many. They say it a couple times. They don't want to beat the dead horse. Under, plus 110. Oh, my. Under. Tom like Brady's age. Because you think, like, you think, it's what good. was the year where uh, it, it was the same Super Bowl that you stopped watching after five minutes? Omaha. And, and the Omaha over-under was Killed like me. 35, they right? They completely switched they it. They changed their he, verbiage. He didn't yeah. even say it. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing that pissed me off. <laughs> I bet that. I saw Peyton Manning. Verbiage. I saw Peyton Manning. I walked they up. just didn't go well, well, did let us know? No Omaha? Huh? Yeah. What would we go? Chicken soup? Well, I can't remember what stinking thing you changed it to. Exactly. Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. Omaha. So the third one. What's your third prop? Do you have a third prop for us? What's a fun prop? Rodney Harrison is going to pick New England. You know he is. Yep. I know he is because he told me. He was on my flight coming in here. Okay. Me on New England, aren't you? He goes, like, I can't pick against Patriots. Tony Dungy's going to pick. Now, a lot of people think if Rodney Harrison picks New England, Dungy's going to pick Philadelphia. See, I don't think so. I think he's jumping on the Bill Belichick hoodie. If Tony Dungy picks New England, it's plus 240. Okay. Value. So he Dungy. always picks against New England too, right? I mean, historically, doesn't he have the? It's the Colts vendetta, and it's a thing Dungy? that he picks against New yes, England. Yes, yeah, I, I think never I right. think he flips it and goes with odds, New England plus two forty. Odds that this is Belichick's last game as Patriots head coach. See, I think it is. I do too. Mm. I think it is. I think this is it. I, and I think they lose. Interesting. Do you think but, he coaches again, or do you think he walks off? You know, it's. I think he walks off. 
I don't think, to build something. Losing his offensive coordinator, losing his defensive coordinator. Yeah. You're, you're trying to rebuild with a 40-year-old quarterback. I think it's true what my sources told me was that Belichick wanted to evaluate Brady every year. And, and, and Brady wants to play till he's 45 with the whole TB12. And my sources tell me that Tom's like, I'm playing till I'm 45. Well, Tom, we're, we're going to evaluate you just like we evaluate everybody at the end of the year. And Brady says, based on what I've done, I don't got to prove myself. So what did he do? He went to Kraft. And he said, I've won you five Super Bowl rings or helped win five Super Bowl rings, and i got to keep begging for my job. Do you have my back? Kraft went right down to Belichick and said, trade Garoppolo right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. And so now Belichick knows I can't win here. Brady's going to be a Tom 45. I got to get out of Dodge. And I think he's going to get out of Dodge. He tra- you mentioned he traded He traded for almost nothing. His two backup quarterbacks, Bright Young, Jacoby Brissett was one of yep. them, and prepped his coordinators both to get head coaching jobs. All yep. he's left with is Tom Brady. And yep. he could easily say, that's See enough. Ya. I'm going to be the first one he out has, before the plane crashes. There's more mm-hmm. pressure on them to win this game based on them being New England. But I've said this for years. If you look at New England, they've won their Super Bowls by three, 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 four, six. Yeah. I say if you look at New England and you look at the Super Bowls, they're not necessarily the best team when they get the Super Bowl. They're the best coach team. Yeah. And I want you to think about this. Super Bowl against St. Louis, against St. Louis first one. Rams went right through them first three possessions, got inside the 20-yard line, kicked three field goals, 9 nothing. That could have been 21 nothing if Kurt Warner happens to play a little better. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl number two, they win by three, 34-31. Jake DeLome and Steve Smith light them up like Baghdad. Their, defen- their, their defense yeah. couldn't get a stop in the in the fourth quarter when they needed it, or they lose that Super Bowl. Eagles, Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb threw up on themselves in the first half when they dominated the game, let him hang around. Patriots got up by 10. McNabb backdoored the Super Bowl point spread. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, because I had Philadelphia <laughs> plus the points. And so that Super Bowl, they pretty much won. The last two, your mouth to God's ears. They had no right beating Seattle. You hand Marshawn Lynch why They're not yep. going to stop him for the one-yard line. Right. And they had no right beating Atlanta. So my point in all this is this. They are one and two plays away from being one and seven in the Super Bowl. And we're not talking about this great, oh, my God, dynasty. Last time I checked, Dallas beats Buffalo, puts up a 50 spot. Steve Young beats San Diego, puts up a 50 spot. Joe Montana. Joe Montana puts up a 40 spot. These are teams that get to the Super Bowl because they're the best team, and they're like, boom. What did the Patriots do when they were 18-0 and got to the Super Bowl? They lost. Choked. What they do when they got there yeah. against the Giants again? Choked. They're not the best team when they get and to the Super Bowl. And that second Patriots team that lost to the Giants, they weren't really that good. The only reason why they were in the Super Bowl that year was because Billy Cundiff missed a field yeah, goal. Yeah, think about this. Here's another for Baltimore. Point. They've played 31 playoff games. How many Patriot road games have they had, playoff games, in oh. the history of Belichick Brady? I mean, very few. Six. I was going to say five wow. or six, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So now put that in perspective. That's how critical home field advantage is for yes. them to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. This team has never had to consistently go on the road. Look at the division they've played in. And people say, oh, New England's defense has played great down the stretch. Last 11 games, they've given up an average of 14 points. Well, you play Buffalo twice, Miami twice, play Jacksonville, Tennessee, Oakland, garbage offenses. This is the best offense they have seen since week four. Mm. Mm. Oh, Nick Foles. Here's what disrespect Vegas has for Nick Foles. If Carson Wentz was playing, Westgate said the line would be a pick em. Wow. You're saying Nick Foles is worth four and a half points. <laughs> I don't know about you, but he went 23 of 30 for 245 against Atlanta and 26 of 33 against your Vikings this, for three. He wasn't too bad in that Vikings possible. game. It's, it's possible there's some Carson Wentz. Let's do this before we wrap. 
Uh, Brandon Lang, BrandonLang.com. Are you going to unveil your Super Bowl pick? You're 24, 3, and 2 in your career. Or do people have to go to BrandonLang.com? Well, here's the thing. When I do people's show for the first time, at BrandonLang.com, I have a one-day free all-access pass. So you can go there and awesome. sign up for the one-day free all-access pass. Your listeners have probably never gone to BrandonLang.com. So if you go there, you sign up, you get 11 best bets today. Absolutely. Every, every one of my handicappers' best bets for free. Nothing to pay for. And my Super Bowl pick, you can get free as well. And it's the one-day free all-access pass. So your first visit, everything's free. In my way, come introduce the site, meet my handicappers, read my analysis. You'll feel good about it. You'll, you, you, you'll feel good about how I've broken down the game. You'll just you, you, you'll feel good. You know how good you'll feel? You'll feel good about the time you walked into that adult establishment with $1,000 in your pocket and the girl took you in the champagne room and said everything's free. <laughs> That's how good you'll feel. Brandon Lang and BrandonLang.com. Hey, thank good you meeting much. you. Mackie and Judd back with more from Radio Row next. New today on digital from director George Clooney. Don't miss the darkly comedic thriller Suburbicon. Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, and Oscar Isaac star in the film. Critics are calling smart, funny, and entertaining and full of twists and turns. Get Suburbicon on Fandango now before Blu-ray. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. And enter to win a digital HD download now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. And this portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Metafast. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison, back in the studio. This has been... It's an amazingly fun show, and we're, we still have three days left here on Radio Row. Uh, we, if you missed any of it, Ryan Leaf was fantastic in the second hour. Go podcast on demand, 1500ESPN.com, iTunes. Ross Tucker was great. Uh, also, Road Warrior Animal telling stories, <laughs> Those were some football stories. wrestling stories, and yep. then that was Brandon Lang. He was the, the inspiration of the subject uh, for the Matthew McConaughey movie back in the early 2000s, Two for the Monies. Wonderful handicap. And he brought up a great point. He's right. The Detroit game cost him. He's exactly right. Yeah. That Lions game. Now, now that was, if I'm not mistaken, Manny, that was week four. Delvin Cook got hurt yep. in that game. But that is the exact, that is the definition of the of the type of game that if you're going to be a great team, you can't lose. And they were shell-shocked, too, when, when, when Cook got hurt. Yep. The way he got hurt and the injury that we all kind of anticipated the it being, air came out it, of the team it just and deflated the them for the yeah. rest of that game. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and that's. Uh, by the way, we've had the Alex Smith discussion for the last two weeks, and you and I are on board. Reckless. Sage Rosenfels is on board. I'm on board. Alessandro Manny's on board, and one of the top sports betters in the country, who handicaps based on how good a quarterback is too. Like they have point systems dev- devoted to. Like Tom Brady uh, to Brian Hoyer is worth X amount of points, right? And he was talking about the gap between Foles and Wentz isn't four points in a game. And he and he's telling us, with that knowledge, Alex Smith would be a perfect fit for this team and would be a perfect upgrade. You can't trust Case Keenum long term uh, to repeat his performance. So I don't need any more validation. Make the trade, Vikings. Make the trade. He also said something very important to me, which is insinuating or flat out saying, Kirk Cousins might drive you crazy. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, the Smith thing, the more we, we talk about it and go through it, it makes perfect sense. It absolutely makes perfect sense. And, and the starting point for me of this discussion is you know that the head coach is looking to upgrade that position. The, 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 the huge X factor here that only Zimmer and Spielman know is Teddy. That's the old, that is the only – we have no idea. Uh, every conversation that we have about Teddy revolves around, well, we think this or – or we know they love him, Just but don't know. right. But the only the only dynamic that could completely blow up the Smith conversation is if Bridgewater behind the scenes has looked fantastic, and we don't know that. And they say, 
We're going to sign him to a three-year contract, and, and he's our guy. But if that's not the case, and you can tell him, Teddy, our, our research says it takes 24 months. You came back really quick, which is great, but you almost came back too quick. So what we're going to do is get a year of Smith here. We're going to make a trade for him. We're going to sign you to a contract, and you're going to be the guy starting in 2019. The more you think about that scenario, given the parameters of what this team could possibly do, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, Manny. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing, too, when you bring if you bring back Teddy – you're also getting you're also bringing in a new coordinator and i don't know if it's going to be stefanski or not but you're bringing in a new coordinator and let's let's think about how many coordinators teddy has had now if that's the case i mean it's been kind of a revolving door of coordinators and and he never really got to work with pat Shermer at all and so now i mean he's so used to north turner and now if you bring teddy back and you got another coordinator in possibly another quarterbacks coach and he's still coming back from this from this near catastrophic injury. That's a lot to put on his plate. So you're, there's going to be some wiggle room. It there is probably. the other thing too is, and I've, I brought this up before, but I'll stand by it. You have so much leverage with Teddy Bridgewater. I know he's yeah. a free agent, but because he only played for like five minutes of one game and he looked terrible in that game, nobody else in the NFL has any film on him since blowing out the knee. So you have all of this practice data and all this information behind the scenes, and you've seen him maybe even look incredible by some of the accounts from practice. And, again, it's practice. It's not an actual game. We talking about practice? Practice. <laughs> um, but there's no other team in the NFL that's going to give him, without some sort of a QB battle, a starting job and starting money. So I, I think the Vikings might be able to offer him the best chance and the best money of any team in the NFL and still have the leverage to say you're on the bench in 2018 because we just traded for Alex Smith. Let's play this out over the over the five-year chunk instead of just yeah. thinking about what's going to happen in September. And I think the biggest thing to watch too, and Judd, you brought this up too. How how does Mike Zimmer view this? Does he want? Does he view Teddy Bridgewater as okay? He's our best option long term, or does he? Is this more of a emotional type of thing where he loves Teddy so much and he wants Teddy to be the guy right. even though he might not be the answer long term because we just don't know how good he's going to be in which case you do everyone a favor if you go get a year of Smith yeah and and tell Teddy here's three here's a three-year contract you got to be patient we love you you're gonna start here but it's not time yet that's why yeah because Zimmer's um, decision can't be or shouldn't be driven by the emotion of how he feels about Teddy but if he's but if they're seeing things behind the scenes and this is a slow cook and this very well might be mm -hmm. you set yourself up Smith has the one year here and then if he walks he walks but it's still it still means that within a, the window of opportunity that exists currently you're giving yourself offensively the best chance let's take a pause here Manny Hill hanging out with us Dave Harrigan is or we're wishing him well he, he woke up sick we don't know if it's going to be uh another day but man it's and he texted he's like bad timing guys but my 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 yeah, no no yeah. you don't have to tell you have to tell so people. we're hope, hope, hoping dave feels better and he'll join us back here either tomorrow or later on in the week but um we haven't talked anything other than mostly football and some twins the entire week the timberwolves who've been mostly great this year laid a complete egg last night and we didn't watch the game manny did so we're going to get a recap from manny and what the hell happened we had a chris weber moment last night too apparently so we'll talk about oh, really? that really oh my god yeah we'll come back okay. and talk about that Good. mackie and judd live from the mall of america radio row 
Mackie and Jeff back with you. A few more minutes of today's show. Uh, Royce is going to be out here later on today, though, with Manny Hill for the ride between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And then we're here all day, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock, or all midday the rest of the week. So Manny Hill hanging out with us here. Uh, Judd and I were both at opening night. Tom Brady and Nick Foles and all the media stuff last night. Yeah. You were watching the Timberwolves game. <laughs> I'm just looking at the box score. First of all, Jeff Teague went one for 12. Oh, he was bad. And did I also see, right, that he tried to call, he pulled a Chris Weber in the fourth quarter and tried to call a timeout they didn't have? Yeah. What the it, hell it, happened? It looked that way, but he, what happened was he got called for a five-second violation. He tried to call a timeout, but he actually got called for a five-second violation so he before, <laughs> but he, before he, but yeah, he, he would have gotten called for the So timeout. he couldn't yeah. screw up the one screw up because he had done a previous yeah he had goofed up previously. exactly because he couldn't get the ball in bounds but yeah he was he was not good last night and and this is this is why sometimes i i tell people to like not make a huge deal about like assists jeff teague was terrible last night but he had 10 assists okay so that and and that's where i last night i said okay i tweeted out i said not jeff teague's finest hour and then i said if you tweet at me anything about a certain point guard in Utah, you're going to be blocked. Yeah. And uh, blocking one very person. Very Roycey-like, <laughs> yeah. by the way. It's and very blocking Patrick, one person. Very Patrick-like. Assists, to, do that. to your point, assists can be, they're not always, but can be very overrated. Yes. I mean, Stefan Marbury was one of the top assist leaders in the NBA for a number of years, always played on losing teams, and it was mostly right. hollow numbers. And we fall in love with these, you know, these pure point guards, and, and, you know, he's not a pure point guard because he doesn't average nine or ten assists a game. Sure. People, people forget the leading assist man for the last three years for the Golden State Warriors has been Draymond Green. Yeah. Not Steph Curry. Sure. And Steph Curry is one of the best point guards in the NBA, one of the best players in the NBA, obviously. What do you make of, of this team right now? Because, I mean, if, if you're a Wolves fan and you look at the record, you probably you should be pretty thrilled by it. Yeah. But as you talked about before, your play against the Eastern Conference has been absolutely bizarre. Yeah. So when, when you take sort of the 10,000-foot view of this team, what do you make of them? Well, there, there's definitely some flaws, and I try not to, when they play a team like Golden State, I try not to, like, overly dissect them because Golden State is so good, and they make everybody look bad. When they beat you and when they're rolling, they will expose every single flaw in your roster, and they clearly did that against the Wolves last week. I think the biggest issue with the Wolves right now is the defense is kind of come and go. It's not, it's not always consistent. The three-point shooting is really, really, really an issue. And they've had a few games where they shoot the three ball pretty well, and they usually win those games. But when they have this huge disparity between, you know, they, they had the game against Brooklyn a few weeks ago where the Nets made 14 three-pointers, the Wolves attempted 11 and made one. And that's a 13, th 13 three-pointers. That's a difference of 39 points. Like, that's a massive difference. And... You know, in, in their defense, they don't have a lot of three-point shooting, but they need that. And that needs to be, you know, this coming off season or even at the trade deadline, that needs to be a primary focus yeah, going it's, forward. Yeah, it's, it's, a math, it's a math game, right? Yeah. I mean, are you good enough in the other areas? And, it, and we don't want to get too nitpicky because obviously it's the best team we've seen in a decade and a half, yes. but you can't help but compare to some of the other teams that you're going to eventually lose to in the playoffs. So, I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's disappointing that they keep losing some of these games against bad Eastern Conference teams, but then they follow it up with big wins against Portland or Oklahoma City. They've beat yeah. uh, like two times this season. They're like twenty-five and nine or something like that against the Western Conference this year. Yeah, like, 
That's yeah, bizarre. And they're, and they're very good at home too, right? Yes. They have an amazing home record so far this yeah, year. Yeah, they're only like a couple games under 500 on the road, and they got a really good home record. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I was, I was, I told Judd this. I was on because they're in Toronto tonight. So the fan in Toronto had me on early this morning to talk, and they said even Toronto is looking at Andrew Wiggins and saying. So uh, are people disappointed with him? You know, he just kind of looks like he's not figuring it out. I said, it's better that he's at least their third option now and not being leaned on as the top guy. But he's about to be paid like a top guy. Yeah. So you'd like him to do a little bit more. But, you know, he'll pop up once in a while. He got the 40-point game the other night. He'll play some defense once in a while. But I don't know. There's enough things at, that drive you nuts still about this team. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look at the Wolves, too, and the Raptors, they're very they're very similar. They don't really shoot a lot of three-pointers. They They're offensively it's a lot of one-on-one stuff with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and DeMar DeRozan has turned himself into a really really fantastic player um, but there were some doubts about him you know it's kind of the same way we look at Andrew Wiggins now there were some doubts about DeMar DeRozan in that same way uh, and I think that was part of the reason why the Wolves were able to beat Toronto last uh, like a week and a half ago when they were here at Target Center that mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. because the, they're very constructed very similarly when the Wolves go up against high-flying, three-point shooting teams, the Warriors, the Rockets, they're going to be at a disadvantage every time. And we'll, and that's acceptable this year, but going forward, it's going to be fun. Yes. All right, Manny, Thank thanks you, Manny. for hanging out. You can find him again, Radio Row with Patrick at 3 o'clock. And we'll catch you tomorrow. If you missed any of our guests today, Ryan Leaf, Ross Tucker, Road Warrior Animal, Brandon Lang, all available on demand, 1500ESPN.com. And check out all of our social media platforms at 1500ESPN. See you guys.